Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Energy, crystals, what's the big deal? Can you use them as Catholics? Can you just wear them? We'll talk about that today on Trending. Also, why feminism has to be rejected. Abortion is necessary for modern-day feminism to exist. And as we see the overturning of Roe versus Wade in this nation, we also see radical pro-abortion ideologies. People, women who are choosing abortion, young women, 20-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 30-year-olds who are choosing abortion because they think that is what is necessary to be a woman, because they think that's what it means to be pro-woman, to be a woman. So we're going to talk about that today on Trending, along with debunking some outrageous pro-abortion claims that are influencing how many children people have, if they have them at all, and what people think is actually the law with regard to abortion. You're listening to Trending with Tim Murray here on Relevant Radio. It's the season where perhaps you're thinking a little bit more about the spooky things, and maybe you even dabble in spooky things to give yourself a scare this Halloween season. It's interesting because I think that we've gone as a culture to the point where we don't think that Satan exists. Everything from Ouija boards to looking at your horoscope to summoning or communicating with the dead might be things that you wouldn't normally engage with, but why not see a medium or a psychic? It's almost Halloween. Yet do we realize that one of the fastest growing religions, if you want to call it that, in the world is Wicca? Satanism. They're basically interchangeable at the end of the day. Joining me to discuss this topic is Brian Mercier. He's the author of the book Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods. And we're going to talk about energy and crystals. What's the big deal? Can you use them? Can you wear them as a Catholic? We'll dive into that in just a moment. But welcome back, Brian. It's great to have you here. Hey, Tim Marie. It's always great to be here. Thank you. This is a season where everyone is maybe avoiding things that have to do with the occult, or perhaps it just doesn't seem like a big deal because they associate it with Halloween. Maybe they don't think it's real, or they want to get a little spooked out. And I think in the name of fun, people mistakenly dabble in what is extremely dangerous with regard to demons at the end of the day. So let's talk about this. Yeah, it's amazing to me first, even before we get to the occult, it questions like, why do Catholics participate deeply in Halloween? Now, I could understand maybe if you want your kids to go trick-or-treating, but why are Catholics decorating their houses galore, overflowing with blood and guts and death and gore and demons and pretty much everything that's not of God? I mean, if Jesus is the light of the world, and Satanists celebrate pretty much Halloween as their day of darkness. 
why are we participating in that in that way? That would be my question. But and many I, Catholic- I'll just touch Go briefly ahead. because I think this is a topic I want to dive into later this week or next week because maybe you're planning Halloween. I know I'm thinking about it in a different light for the first time, having an almost three-year-old who's being introduced to all of these fun festivities throughout the year. And Halloween's one of them. And what's frustrating is that Halloween has been usurped. It used to be considered All Hallows' Eve, starting at the Feast of All Saints' Day, All Hallows' Eve, the evening before. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on because you've got to be able to decipher between what is good, what is Catholic, and what is evil. Because it's actually a Catholic holiday that I think Satanists, in many respects, and witches and Wicca have tried to usurp, but they do horrific things. So I will talk about that more. I'm really glad you brought it up because I think it piques people's mindset to maybe be a little bit more aware of this season. So if you have a question about Halloween, let me know. I'll be addressing this later on in the week. You can email me. Just head over to relevantradio.com and catch a trending page or on social media. Let's dive into a little bit of kind of those things that people like to spook themselves out with or enjoy, not that we should, during this Halloween season. Yes, absolutely. Many people take it a lot further and they get into things like Ouija boards because they see movies on it and they don't think it's real. In reality, they're connecting to spirits on the other side that can harm them or even possess them. Some people find themselves in desperate times and they get into fortune telling or seances or divination or trying to use astrology, tarot cards, crystals, or any other real spiritual practice that attempts to foresee the future, contact the dead, and take part in paranormal activity. Now, many adults may or may not get into these things, but I find a lot of youth today are getting into these things. These are the youth that aren't churched. They had, you know, coming from generations of unchurched parents who are not bringing their kids up in the faith, and then who don't bring their kids up in the faith, and so on. We have a lot of people who have been estranged from God, and so they want to seek uh, answers or yes. stability, freedom from anxiety, different things in other ways, but they don't realize that these other ways are dangerous to their immortal souls. Yes, yes. And I mean, just a good example of that, and it's not a good example, but an example is healing, healing crystals, jewelry, Alex and Annie, a lot of different brands are out there. I feel like everywhere you go, you see something that has a crystal that for me, it's a big warning sign, even if it might seem nice as a fashion statement, I still steer, steer clear of because it's interesting. Just we'll get into some of the witchcraft side of it in a bit, but there was research done by Springtime Research, and they actually said that 44% of youth age 13 to 25, use crystals and herbs. And when I talk about herbs, it's where people are using crystals or herbs to try and use it in a magic way, such as sage used for smudging to purify spaces, clear out negative energy. There's a difference between eating sage, using it as a season, maybe using it for something such as cramps and other things and essential oils or herbs. But Another thing altogether, when people believe that these things heal or have powers because they're dabbling in the demonic. So I want to talk about this because, Brian, I was even looking at another piece of research from Springtime Research that said one out of five youth are using crystals or herbs in such a way weekly today. That's insanity. I did not know the <laughs> the number was that high. Wow. And this crystals are like a gateway to the dark side. They are infused with many different aspects and 
many different cult aspects, spirits, demons, and other things. And if they're getting into these crystals, then that's very problematic on uh, many different levels. And it's not just crystals, it's gemstones, it's rocks. It's literally things that you can buy on eBay. Like my friend recently bought a gemstone for his kids on eBay. And right after he checked out, he realized that the seller sent him some information with the shipping and he looked it up and the man was a Reiki healer. And so Mm. that sketched him out. And so when he went up and looked on back online, he said that all of the rocks and gems and stones, crystals, all this sort of thing, he infuses with energy so that they can find the energy of the universe in all the rocks and stones that they have now. This is dangerous stuff because the, the, as exorcists will tell you, these are doors that should better be left shut. And when you get into the energy and the crystals themselves, I mean, I want to make a, uh, I guess a, a side note up front that crystals themselves are not bad. You know, like all crystals are not bad. There's certain types of crystals that are bad. And there are certain types of crystals that can get uh, have these demons attached to them. They can have all of um, other demonic aspects of them. But generally, crystals themselves are just material substances. Now, many are used in rosaries. Many are mm-hmm. used in jewelry. Okay, so they're not all bad. But here's the difference. Spiritualists and people who are into the occult place deep significance on crystals, okay? They actually, in fact, Moira Noonan used to be an ex-New Ager, and she says that every crystal that you've ever been given or purchased, quartz crystals specifically, she says, we don't know where they come from. They all have a history. We don't know who's cut them, arranged them, handled them, or possessed them. (laughs) You know, any crystal can be programmed. And by programmed, she means, well, anything from you know, infusing Reiki energy of the universe into it to attaching a spirit to it. And once you do that, she says that these demons can use the crystals to enter your house. And I remember years ago, I read an article by the founder of Catholic Answers, Carl Keating, and he went into uh, a store and the man in the shop specifically told him not to touch uh, most of the crystals because once he does that, they become dirty in a sense, and they have to go clear the stones because every person before them has an aura and everyone attaches their spirit or their demon to it. And so even new agers know that they have to, quote, clear their stones when they receive a new one before using it because it's been Mm. contaminated by the people before them. Now, people probably get into these practices innocently, But once we start delving into calling on spirits on the other side to infuse uh, energies or, you know, even positive energy, quote unquote, into these things, that's where they become dangerous. And they're used in many different practices from, let's say, uh, healings, massage, Mm -hmm. feng shui, acupuncture, many things that many people use you know, it's one thing to have jewelry of them. It's another thing to try to find healing through them. That's when they become dangerous. Well, and I'll just use an example. It's one thing to heat up rocks and put them on your body where they're hot during a massage and for someone to be using God's creation 
as a means of invoking demons. And if you think, well, oh, they're just, you know, opening things up to the universe. What do you think they're opening things up to? I, th- I think that's the question. <laughs> People will say, well, I'm a good witch. I remember, uh, what's her name? Giselle. Was it Giselle? Yeah, Tom Brady's wife. She called herself the good witch, a white witch, because she practices witchcraft. I said, there's no such thing. And by the way, that does not jive with Catholicism, period. Right. Might add, add that Harry Potter is not a good witch either, because there there's no such thing as good witches versus bad witches. There's only bad witches. I mean, by definition, witchcraft is evil and you know falls in the realm of the demonic. Um, but here's the problem: people purport this stuff all over the place. Oh, you can find energy healing, and through this energy, you find balance. You find freedom from anxiety, depression, and you know what? After the pandemic. After all of these things that we've struggled with after the last few years, you know, anxiety has been skyrocketing. So is depression. So is suicide. So have many different things. So many people are turning to these things to find healing. Why? Because they left God a long time ago. And in fact, you had sent me uh, a curious article many uh, a while back, and it says that a Harvard healing, uh, a man named Van Harvard Healing, he started a whole line of gemstone jewelry and crystals that heal the mind, body, and soul. And he is supposedly an energy healer and an author, and he spent many years reading books on it. And he says these crystals and these gemstones improve our well-being. They, they're beautiful, he says, and powerful. And he says the power of the crystals is their beauty to amplify your thoughts and intentions. Now, when, when I read this, it sounds all like superstitious mumbo jumbo. But I also know that they have uh, infused energy and spiritism into these things. And if it's not the Holy Spirit, then you can be 100% assured that it's a demonic spirit. And that's the problem. And many of these things, or, uh, before I even talk about the popularity, let me just talk about how the fact that they don't even understand these things. When I was researching my book on the New Age movement and uh, energy healing, specifically rape, ghee, crystals, and that sort of thing, I interviewed at least 10 different individual unrelated energy healers. And I asked them all the sen- same 10 questions. You know, what is this energy? Where does it come from? How does it work? How exactly are you able to channel it and this sort of thing? And I can tell you, Timory, that every answer was completely different than the one before it. They didn't even have a clue on how any of this worked. And there's in fact, no the science. last lady. Yeah, there's no, no science. No science and it's not whatsoever. calling upon two things. One, there's no science, and two, it's not calling upon God. And so if you're looking for healing, outside of God and the Catholic Church, if you're looking for healing outside of sound medical science and research, there should be a big red flag. But some people say, well, I was healed. Does that mean it was right just because you might have experienced a healing? I think that's key to ponder. Yeah. And let me just make a qualification about the science. There is a scientifically, and this is what they don't understand. There is a scientifically verifiable energy, okay? And it's called putative energy. Everybody knows that this is the scientific physical energy within us. It utilizes mechanical vibrations, specific wavelengths, frequencies, and they treat patients 
you know, with science using sound and electromagnetic forces and so on and so on. But there's a whole nother type of energy called veritable energy. Now, this is the alleged spiritual energy that makes up all of these new age and Eastern Oriental practices. And this is the energy, some people call it life force energy, that comes from the universe. Now, as you said, this is not scientific. It can't be seen. It can't be detected like physical energy can. Uh, it, but yet, it supposedly creates auras, energy fields. It supposedly just knows how to work and to heal you. And this unquantifiable, undetectable, unseen spiritual energy is what all of these people employ without even understanding it. And I think it was the 10th lady I interviewed who, who summed it up all perfectly because I told her nobody agrees on this. She said, listen, she said, it all comes down to how you feel. <laughs> now, <laughs> seriously, could you imagine going for heart surgery and all these doctors disagree on how to do it and they say it comes down to how you feel? Would you actually put your life in their hands? No, you wouldn't. So why do we get into this superstitious mumbo-jumbo stuff that's not only just superstitious, but actually can be demonic? There's actually a question that's come up, and I'll be curious to hear if you know anything about it. I think this has to do with NAET. Teresa from Illinois is on the line. Teresa, what's your question today for our guest, Brian Mercier, the author of Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods? Go ahead and ask him, Teresa. Hi, my question is about five or six years ago, my daughter had recurring hives that I was trying to get treatment for, and I was referred to a man who works with immune system functioning, and he portrayed himself as a chiropractor. And throughout the session, he worked with various vials and attached the vial to her ankle and then gave me some to bring home. When I asked him what was in the vials, he just described it as energy-infused mm -hmm. water. And that's the only thing I could get from him. And when I left the office, I, I did say a prayer because I felt very uncomfortable about that. <laughs> um, it did stop her hives, and but now I'm concerned about what she was exposed to. Yeah, this is a great question. I've heard a lot about this. I've heard it referred to as NAET, and uh, I have a lot of allergies. I've uh, heard about this before. People have said that it has to do with something similar to a crossover between acupuncture, acupressure, and chiropractic work. Can you tell me if you know anything about this, Brian, and if there are any distinctions here? I actually don't know too much about it, to be honest. Um, once it gets into energy, though, that is a red flag for me because normal science generally doesn't use energy like that, especially in these alternative therapies. But I'll be honest, I don't know too much about that specific practice. Yeah, and I'll just jump in here, Teresa, because I have a lot of allergies and I'm actually very familiar with the treatment. I have a lot of friends. We've talked about NAT treatment. And with the research I've done, it's kind of a gray area to me, and I don't have a definitive answer. I would like to do more research on this, and I will say, though, because I'm a huge fan of holistic medicine, naturopaths, even chiropractors are great. They're not necessarily my thing, but I do see a sound difference between science-driven medicine herbal medicine and when someone believes that they are a healer using healing energies. And so I, with this, from what I know, I encourage you to 
Use your conscience. Discern, especially as a parent, go with your gut. I think if there is a question or a doubt, prayerfully take that to prayer. Because I think with any medical treatment, even if it doesn't fall into the realm of energy, there's a lot of experimentation with medicine today. And just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. And so with any tea treatment, I encourage you to just really discern. I know how bad food allergies are, and I'll just speak from experience. I have suffered from horrific food allergies my whole life. I have five major food allergies that make it difficult to just eat like a normal person often. So I understand seeking out treatment there. So I'd be curious if you do more research and I'll have to dive in on into that one as well. Brian, if you hear more on it, you'll have to let me know. We have another question I want to jump I into. Will. Can I just say one thing? Yes, I would please. just tell this lady not to be too concerned about it. She said she was concerned about it because, you know, she did it innocently and she probably wouldn't do it again. Um, I know a deacon who got into Reiki. He didn't even know it was bad. But then when I told him, he's like, okay, I'll never do it again. And that's the attitude that you want. If you would like to do a deliverance prayer or a rejection prayer of some kind, you feel you need to, you can. But I wouldn't overly worry about it. Yeah, and I'll dive into this because I'm curious about this one as well. So stay tuned. We might cover this in the future. (laughs) Another question that came um, off air, Estella from Chicago. Ooh, this is a great one because I do have questions about this. Are you very familiar with the Day of the Dead and some of the practices surrounding that, Brian? Some of them. Some of them. So I'll throw you her question. She said, I'm Catholic, I'm Hispanic, and we celebrate the Day of the Dead in October. We use the skeletons, the marigolds, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Are these okay? Customs put loved ones' favorite beverages out as well. (laughs) Well, I think it depends. I mean, using skeletons isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it depends on the usage of it. In itself, it's not bad. I mean, St. Teresa used to drink out of a skeleton skull, but it was to remind her of the day of her death so that she would always live for Christ and not get lukewarm. Um, So, you know, thinking of your loved ones, you know, loving your loved ones, that sort of thing, that's all good. You know, it's not even bad necessarily to participate in this, but I do feel that a lot of it can and does delve into the realm of superstition. Like, you know, if it, you know, certain people might think that, oh, well, if you leave things out for your dead relatives, well, they can have them in the afterlife, when of course that is not true. If they're in heaven, they're in heaven, they don't need it. If they're in hell, they would never get it anyways. Like, I think a lot of the practices uh, could delve into the realm of superstition and you would need to go, you know, through each one, ask why you do it, where it comes from, is it in line with the Catholic Church? Mm-hmm. And I'll comment to because I live here in Southern California, and I have been really intrigued, Brian, over the last handful of years, how slowly uh, the Day of the Dead, Dias de los Muertos, I think if I'm saying it correctly, has become even more prevalent and intense. And I've even talked to friends who come from Mexico who talk about how it has evolved over the years. And it's really become a day not just to remember the dead, but almost to worship the dead. And I think that's a key distinction. I think some people are treating this in similar ways to All Souls Day and praying and intervening. And other people, I think, have taken the Day of the Dead and turned it into a day that does celebrate witchcraft and some of the other very concerning parts of even Aztec culture, that there's a reason Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to the Aztecs. So I really encourage us to take up Catholic holidays, such as 
celebrating All Souls Day and to be weary of things such as the Day of the Dead. Even the movie Coco, I actually know that a major Catholic artist and illustrator was involved in the movie Coco that celebrates the Day of the Dead. And I was really hesitant even about that. I don't think it's a movie I'd mm-hmm. necessarily have my kid watch just because of, uh, for many reasons we could talk about, but uh, part of that having to do with the witchcraft celebration and the worshiping of the demonic that is part of that association. Right. Yeah. So I would say it depends, you know, if you're doing a specifically Catholic one and it's just remembering the dead, praying for them, thinking of them, that's one thing. But if you're getting into all these newer things, I would be more leery of it. This is great. Any continuing thoughts on energy and crystals? And I'm just thinking about this. Go ahead. Let me just end with a cool story just before we run out of time and we can talk about anything after if we have more time. But I remember, just so you can know how real this is, uh, Alex Anani actually infuses energy and other things into their jewelry line, which you should stay away from there for. It's not just infused by people. It's infused by shamans who get into spiritism and the cult and different demonic aspects like that. And I remember an exorcist walked by a random girl who was my friend, uh, my friend's friend. And he didn't even know the girl. And he stopped in front of her, she said, and he just stared at her like freaky. And he's, he eventually made his eyes down to her uh, wrist. And he says, what are you wearing? And she said, oh, it's just a bracelet. It's Alex and Ani. He said, take it off. It's cursed. And she says, but Whoa. father, there's, there's Mary's on here and St. Benedict and other St. Medals. He's like, I'm telling you it's cursed. Take it off right now. Like, That just says it all. These people are selling saint medals, but infusing them with demonic garbage. Mm, That's very concerning. It's interesting you mentioned that. Total side story, but the main stone from my ring, we've actually lost, uh, fallen out twice down. One of it, like, completely disappeared. Like, I, very weird. And I've always sometimes just wondered, like, was there anything weird? I know my ring was blessed. (laughs) I don't know that it was exercised, but it did kind of bring into question, I think my mom had brought up to me, what if? You never know. And I know it was sad to like lose part of my ring my engagement ring but i do think that you know god always is there protecting us and guiding us and if we get this question wrong with regard to energy crystals wicca satanism we have to remember that saint paul talks about this in second corinthians chapter 11 inspired by the holy spirit words of the holy spirit that satan himself masquerades as an angel of light And that looks attractive. That looks nice. That looks helpful. That looks beautiful in jewelry, but that doesn't mean we should be engaging it. We're going to actually come back. Brian, do you have a few more minutes to dive a little deeper into the crystals and energy with us here? Sure. Okay, we'll be right back on Trending with Brian Mercier. He's the author of an excellent book. You need to pick it up. Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods. We're going to discuss a little bit more on the topic of energy and crystals. If you think it's just jewelry, should we be wearing it as jewelry? What's the Catholic take on all of this? We'll be right back here on Trending. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. A friend of Father Rocky's once asked him to visit a dying acquaintance in the hospital to give him communion, but his friend wasn't even Catholic. In a simple half hour, everything changed. You have to hear the conversion story 
And this is an incredible story. It's part of our Eucharistic Encounter series with Father Rocky leading up to the National Congress next year. Deepen your love for Christ in the Eucharist. Sign up for these free videos. The series can be found at relevantradio.com slash encounter. That's relevantradio.com slash encounter. And have you heard the news this coming July? Our whole team, I'll be there, will be live in Indianapolis at the National Eucharistic Congress. Relevant Radio is offering an easy, family-friendly travel experience thanks to Nativity Pilgrimage. Let's show up for Jesus together. Find more information about travel packages at relevantradio.com slash encounter. That's relevantradio.com slash encounter. Joining me now is Brian Mercier. He is the author of his book, Counterfeit Spirituality. This is a book that needs to not just be on your bookcase, but you need to read it. Uh, it is excellent. It dives into everything that's happening in our culture with the rise in Wicca and Satanism. Listen, I was more aware of the reality of dangerous things such as crystals and others as a child, but something about as I got older, at a certain point, I just thought witches aren't real. That's something in books. That's something in movies. And I even remember a handful of years ago, I think before we got married, my husband and I were debating over this. I'm like, but that's not real. Like, is I wasn't saying, hey, you should engage in things as such, but I was saying, like, is it really that big of a deal? What's frightening to see is that Wicca witchcraft, Satanism, it's on the rise. Every college, university campus has a group. There are locations where people actually go. And I know people don't want to believe this, but they believe and they actually engage in slaughtering and sacrificing people. And this is how barbaric it is. And so today what we're talking about, a little bit of a turn on the topic, not necessarily as intense as I was just discussing, but just as important is energy and crystals. Joining me is Brian Mercier. Brian, we were talking about the prevalence. I mentioned earlier that springtime research has cited that 44% of youth aged 13 to 25 are using crystals and herbs in ways that try to invoke magic and essentially at the end of the day that means demons they're not using these things as rocks that god created but as a means to invoke demons to go about seeking healing or comfort and again rocks and herbs can be used in great healing and medicinal ways but there's a difference when we're trying to do things such as smudging with sage or engage and throw things out into the universe now 21 percent of youth that's one in five youth are using these things weekly. That's not even talking about everything surrounding Wicca, among other things. This is frightening to hear. And it's not surprising, Brian, because I'll just share a brief story. I remember a cousin of mine recently commented that a couple of her fish weren't really getting along very well. And so she started she picked up some crystals and started dusting the crystals into the water and same thing seemed to get a little bit better. But then she thought, you know, we really need to work on the peace and balance between the fish. So she started putting these crystals inside her fish tank and she said, it's wonderful. Now my fish get along. And someone might be laughing at this story I'm hearing, but imme- immediately it was like red alert, red alert as I heard this conversation and story moving forward. And this is how normal though crystals are and people believe this because there are things that are being affected because they're not just using rocks as god's creation but they're invoking demons and can you talk a little bit about what demons can do when these doors are opened up to them yes absolutely and uh let me just say that you know the kids getting into all the wicca and stuff the head of the all of satanism the head of satanism came out and thanked harry potter for the extreme rise in witchcraft, Wicca, and just interest in the demonic. So when you say all these kids are getting into all these alternative things, 
I, it's not a surprise at all, especially when we've had three generations of Catholics not going to church, not passing on the faith. We have literally replaced God with the universe. We've replaced God with energy. We've replaced God with crystals. And once we do that, I know we covered this already on another show we did on the occult uh, when I was on, but I, I love the quote by Padre Pio, who says, the devil is like a rabid dog tied to a chain. And as long as you don't put yourself in his striking distance, he can't harm you. Mm, but that's just that. it. As soon as we use these things, uh, astrology, tarot cards, horoscopes, uh, crystals, um, any kind of healing that does not come from God and is not of God, then we can open up those doors to the demonic, which should be left closed. And in fact, Father Gabriel Amorth and other exorcisms says you forge bonds with demons through many of these activities unknowingly. And many times, you know, when you do it innocently, things don't happen. But sometimes, innocently, things do happen. I know people who have had bad things happen, and they didn't know any better. I know we haven't done a full show on uh, Reiki on your show yet. I would love to in the future, but I know a priest who had to do a full exorcism on Catholic nuns who were practicing Reiki because they got into all of the energy healing, trying mm -hmm. to channel or uh, be conduits for the energy of the universe, and he had to go take care of that. Now, this is what a lot of people are getting into, and why? Because they don't have God. It's a replacement for God. And even people, I tell them about Alex and Ani, and they're like, oh, it's just jewelry. It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference, and they just pass it off. That's can you because repeat they don't- about, Can you repeat about Alex and Ani for those who didn't hear what you were sharing earlier? Yeah, I mean, my friend's friend said that a, a, a priest who was an exorcist stopped right in front of her. They didn't even know each other. And he looked down at her wrist and said, what is that? Take it off. It's cursed. And she she pleaded. She said, but, he, but there's the Blessed Mother and St. Benedict. He, he wouldn't hear anything about it. She just said, she said, told them to take it off. It's cursed. Like, that's just scary. And it's because Alex and Ani has uh, infuses energy and things into all of their jewelry line, including the Catholic things. Now, many people might not be concerned because they don't know what shamanism is, but they have shamans infuse these things and pray over them and bless them. Now, if you don't know, a shaman is a priest or a priestess who uses magic to cure the sick, okay, magic. They use divination to try to uncover hidden things. And they try to actually control events that you know are beyond us. So they're using a lot of uh, spiritual forces. They're contacting supernatural spirits to help heal people. And all of this demonic, now they don't mean to be demonic. They don't know better, but they're getting into things that are demonic. And Consequently, they're putting their demonic spirits in jewelry and crystals and other things like that. And that's why when these kids are using them, I think it forges another bond with the demon even more. So they might not get possessed. The devil might not attack them. But why does he need to? They're not mm -hmm. close to God. Why would he show himself and his hand and risk having them run back to God? No, he's going to keep them going down the path, thinking that they're healed, thinking that they can find peace, thinking that they can find all of this happiness without God, just getting into this mumbo jumbo stuff. And that's the danger of it is that they think these things are helping them and they don't know the real answer that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the light 
of the world. Jesus is the bread of life and the water of life. He is the one who gives us everything we need and fulfills our every desire. But because we don't have him, we get into all of these other things that are far more dangerous. And really, they break the first commandment, which is putting God first for everything in your life. Mm, you shall have one God, no other strange gods before God himself. I think that that is so key. And I love that that's what you focus so much on in your book, Brian, is that this is us worshiping false gods. This is us breaking the first most fundamental commandment. Now, when you were talking about Alex and Annie, I ended up Googling their jewelry and it dawned on me. I know exactly what Alex and Annie is. I didn't recognize them by name, but I actually have a bracelet that someone gifted to me and they said, here, they've got Catholic things on them. Interestingly enough, I love like gold bangly type of jewelry. And even though it has a Catholic side to it, I always have this aversion to wear it. So now you're making me wonder and think about <laughs> this connection because I guess my next question is because there are a lot of people I'm sure who have Alex and Ani jewelry. What do you do if you have it? Do you have it exercised? Do you do you don't want to just get rid of it and have someone else wear it? How would you dispose of some, something such as this? Yeah, I mean, I personally would. I mean, the exorcist was pretty clear. Take it off, get rid of it. <laughs> you know, so I would echo what he said, get rid of it, you know, if at all possible. Maybe you could check with an exorcist priest and even see if it could be exercised and undone, but that's something you would have to check into. But ultimately, I would just throw it away. I wouldn't give it away. I wouldn't send it to goodwill. You know, I would just literally get rid of it. If I had it, I wouldn't want anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. um, even on their website, Alex Anani says, before this jewelry is sold in every store, Every product has been blessed by our priests and it has been blessed by our shaman friends, protected from radio frequency and from radioactivity. Now, that's just, you know, one aspect of it, but it's important not to have anything to do with it. I mean, Alex and Ani, this is so difficult to say because you don't want to come across it as an extremist, but there are so many good jewelry brands that this, it's not better than any other jewelry brand. You can find stuff that is safe that is healthy, that's not messed up in the new age, you know, occult that you can look good with. And it gets a little more tricky if someone has bought it for you, but you know, you need to sit down and pray about it and, you know, maybe seek uh, opinions on it because, you know, not anybody's opinion, but an actual priest who knows what the demonic nice. is, has a gift yeah. of discernment and deliverance and things like that. And, you know, I would recommend getting rid of them and just getting better jewelry that doesn't have any of this stuff sold to it. A little poison can still kill us sometimes. And I guess my initial reaction is that my thoughts were this thing has to be exercised. And I right. think there's so much that we could discuss on this. And I'll just think of an example that when I got married, I had a friend of mine, super Catholic friend of mine, and he bought me a beautiful wedding gift of a crucifix. And he bought a nice box online for it. And when the box came in, it had tarot cards in it. He went, oh, no, 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 no. And so he was going to be visiting a friend of his who's a priest who's an exorcist. So he took the crucifix and the box and said, hey, here's a box that I got as a gift. I could just get rid of it, but I also have here this crucifix. I was wondering, to begin with, I wanted you to exercise the crucifix, but could you exercise the box as well and then would it be okay to use and the exorcist was glad to he said this is great here is a box that someone put tarot cards in who knows what they may have done with it and look at jesus christ triumphing here is his crucifix that has been exercised in addition to that both were touched to a relic of a splinter of 
our Lord Jesus Christ's cross. So I thought that was really neat. So I would encourage these items be exercised, maybe yes. buried, not on your own property. I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> just send them away to the thrift store because I wouldn't want to give that to anyone personally. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you make a good point about the exorcism. You know, it's not just a blessing. It's an exorcism as well. But it, that would also require coming in contact with an exorcist, which can also be very rare. So I, I think more this, work. Every yeah. diocese has one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so these are great qu- topics. I think some of my key takeaways, Brian, when talking to you, especially with regard to energy and crystals, is one, recognize the reality of hell and Satan and the dangerous dimension of demons. We know in First Peter, we read that the demon Satan is prowling about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. So we're called to resist him in our faith. So we have to recognize God's creation, creating crystals, rocks, herbs, all of these things. But it's one thing to use these things as God created and to invoke demons who can manipulate matter, attract evil, change circumstances. I think that's really key because God alone saves. He performs miracles. Why would we go outside of the church? Brian, if people want to check out your work, where can they find you? Yeah, you can look online uh, for Catholic Truth, uh, Catholic Truth YouTube, Catholic Truth Podcast, Instagram, all of that. If you would like uh, me to come to your parish speaker or anything like that, you can come and look at our website at catholictruth.org. And finally, if you would like to look at our book, you can find it at our website, uh, catholictruth.org, or on Amazon or our Sunday Visitor. It's called Counterfeit Spirituality. These are all links we post on social media as well to find Brian at Catholic Truth and Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods is the book. Give this to your teenager. I think this is a great topic to discuss. And hey, if you know someone who might be exposed to this or who's raising kids, maybe you are, listen to this episode with your kids. Ask them what they thought. Do they see uh, people using crystals, wearing crystals? Why is this something, even if maybe they don't agree, agree with you, why wouldn't you put yourself out of harm's reach, making sure that you're safe and protected rather than vul- vulnerable to the demonic. And I'll just add as a last brief thought here, God is more powerful than all of this. And if you've been exposed to things, offer it to God, ask his forgiveness. Maybe you didn't know, but I also think it's really important to remember that when you are living in a state of grace, receiving our Lord Jesus Christ worthily in the Eucharist, frequenting the sacrament of reconciliation, making sure you are staying in a state of grace, you are protected from the demonic. And I think that is so key that we remember this. And this is why we must pray fast and engage in the great gift of the sacraments that we can receive Every day, in fact. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Elephant Radio. That's our take on energy and crystals from a Catholic perspective. I'll be right back here on Trending answering some of your questions and talking about why feminism has to be thrown out altogether because abortion is necessary for what feminism is today. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Okay, there have been a number of questions and comments that have come in recently about abortion since we've been talking about Ohio vote on issue one that would lead to the 
unfettered access to abortion, cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers. It's outrageous. Even if you're not in the state of Ohio, you don't have to be there to be involved in phone baking, helping to make sure that that issue does not pass. Catholics are being encouraged to vote no on issue one in Ohio. What I want to talk about for a moment is debunking some radical pro-abortion claims. I was actually emailed last week and told off by someone that said nowhere in the United States is abortion legal through all nine months of a woman's pregnancy. The person said, I'm sure Timory and Mary Rose already know this, but just in case they don't, there is no place in the United States where abortion is legal in all nine months. This person really is insistent Despite the fact that just to name three places that literally wrote this into their state constitution last year, including California, Vermont, and Michigan, that literally the people voted, even though they didn't know what they were voting for, to put a constitutional amendment giving unfettered access through all nine months of woman's pregnancy to abortion to kill a baby, even a baby after the baby is born. That's how radical these pro-abortion laws are. And by the way, your state funding, your tax dollars are going to it. Because in the state of California, for example, helping to pay for someone's abortion is prioritized over actually caring for other living human beings. Instead, it's used to kill innocent babies and damage women's bodies. So this was outrageous that this woman even wrote this to me. I hope that she will listen to this. And I'm sorry if I'm a little shocked by this response but here's what happens when someone says something that we disagree with we tend as human beings to like to say that that's just not true so if you find yourself immediately reacting to someone with this visceral reaction accusing them of lying i encourage you and i encourage myself to slow down and think maybe ask a qualifying question such as Why do you think abortion isn't legal through all nine months of a woman's pregnancy? And here's the kicker. If I were to talk to this woman in person and not just receive an email from her where she's yelling at me at times in capital letters, I would ask her, what makes you think that abortion is not legal through all nine months of a woman's pregnancy? And this is what her response would be. Because who would kill a baby right before the baby's about to be born? I agree with you. I'd say it. I've had this exact conversation many times before. And she would then say something along the lines of, no one has abortions so close to delivery. Most abortions just take place at the very beginning of pregnancy. So what she's trying to do is, and I'm not saying that this is what this woman said, but I've had this conversation over and over again. What people do is that they think abortion is unconscionable in the last trimester of abortion. Because they think it's unconscionable, they do not believe that it could possibly be legal. But what's always interesting to me is when people say abortions just take place at the beginning of pregnancy. Do you hear that word? Let's replace some of those words. Killing babies just takes place when the babies are the smallest, most fragile, and most vulnerable, and they're supposed to be in the safest place on earth. That's a mama's womb. That's what that person's saying. But because babies are so small, so fragile, heartbeats aren't even detected till about 16 days in the latest Oxford study showing this. 
you can't even detect the heart or sorry, baby's heart starts to be around 16 days, but we can't detect it with current medical technology till about six weeks, which is why a lot of the heartbeat laws aren't implemented until six weeks. And therefore, abortions can still occur before then. People write off abortion if it happens early on. Do you know what that's called? Big people picking on little people. And just to be clear, it's not just California. It's not just Michigan. It's not just Vermont that has abortion enshrined in their state constitution through all nine months of a woman's pregnancy. Late term, last term abortion here in the state of California has been performed for years. For example, UCLA, last I knew, still had their medical students performing experimental practice abortions and their medical training programs for free or next to nothing. Maryland and Nebraska are well known for having unfettered access through all nine months of women's pregnancy to abortion. Founded by Lee Fortroy and Mary Lou Carhart, they perform abortions after 27 weeks. I was just looking at their website, talking about access to care clinics that perform abortions. I mean, we could talk about how this is in other states, such as Illinois and others, possibly in Ohio, after this vote in a couple weeks. We're going to talk about what you can do even if you don't live in the state of Ohio, to prevent issue one from becoming enshrined in the state constitution. Catholics are called to vote no on issue one because it would lead to unfettered access to abortion, abortion for minors without parental notification or approval, and to cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and bodily mutilation surgery under the guise of so-called therapeutic gender-affirming care. It's a lie all without parental notification or consent. And so if you if you or someone you know is saying that there's no such thing as legal abortion in all nine months of a woman's pregnancy, just because you think it's unthinkable doesn't mean that that's true. And so this is actually a great opportunity. I hope the woman who wrote me is listening. And I know I'm a little hot on this topic because it's a little frustrating when we try to say that something barbaric isn't happening because we can't handle thinking about it. And I'm not saying that that's what this woman is saying. I'm saying that's what I hear a lot of people say. If you are not okay with abortion at nine months, why are you okay with abortion at eight months, seven months, six months, five months into that pregnancy? Just because the baby is larger and more developed, closer to being outside of the womb versus inside of the womb, what makes it okay to kill that baby? This is what's called a tactic known as trot out the toddler. People will say, everyone will say, most people, that you can't kill a toddler or a newborn. Okay, so trot out the toddler. Take them back a little further. Well, would you kill a baby the day the baby was born? What about if the woman's in labor and she's about to have the baby? Would you kill the baby then? You can go further and further back and break down the arguments as to why people justify killing a baby at that particular point in pregnancy. And just take them a week further back and keep going all the way back to the beginning to establish that it is never right to kill a human person, no matter their degree of dependency, environment, age, any of it. It's never acceptable. And I do want to answer one other question from Tim in Arizona, because I think this is a great question. He asked, he said he has a friend who is in her 30s and married with no children. She has type 1 diabetes, and she's been told that she should not have or cannot have children because of this. And I just want to answer and give you some information, because there's a lot of misinformation by people who are pro-abortion and 
honestly, at the end of the day, anti-medicine and anti-women. This is why I love Napro Physicians. I want to encourage you, and I'll post the link on social media, to check out naturalwomanhood.org and look up diabetes. In fact, type 1 diabetes. I'm posting a link on social media. There are tons, dozens of articles talking about how actually using things such as natural family planning as a means to treat infertility or help women who have type 1 diabetes through pregnancy, it is a game changer. It actually helps to bring up biomarkers in a woman's health to notice and notify physicians as to when other things with regard to woman's health are being impacted, not just for when she's pregnant or while she's pregnant, but so that she can live and thrive in optimal health. Health. We've also talked about insulin resistance with Dr. Caldwell, which is key when talking about diabetes. And also hormones impact the foods we process and how our bodies respond. This is all great. Naturalwomanhood.org. Check out their type 1 diabetes articles. I'm posting a link on social media. Just follow me at Timory. This is Tim Ray from Trending with Tim Ray. Thursday, we're discussing issue one in Ohio. You can do something even if you don't live in the state and are not voting on what would lead to unfettered access to abortion for minors along with cross-sex and puberty blocking drugs and surgeries without parental notification or approval. Also, we're going to talk about protecting our kids. Seven questions you can ask your children in school to make sure they're safe from harmful ideas and behaviors. Join me 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio.